usual suspects back on Super Sport on the clock. This is Mzambo Molloy. I'm with uh, my guest panel as always, Peter Davies. How are you, sir? Good, Mzambo. Nice to be here. Mr. Joe Maluleke, haven't seen you in a while, back from holiday? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the holiday, although I think I need another holiday to recover from that holiday. And uh, as always, we've got Mr. Johan Kutia fighting bronchitis. Uh, I, think, I think he deserves a reward this weekend, Johan. Yes, please. Anything my way will help. <laughs> Probably the Bulls' performance. That's what's giving you bronchitis. <laughs> Peter, let's jump into let's let's jump into a bit of cricket. IPL is the business end. The league stage ends this Sunday. Four teams go through to the playoffs. At the moment, as of Monday, Mumbai Indians, Sunrisers, Hyderabad Kings, Eleven, Punjab, Kolkata Knight Riders. Only five teams in the running at the moment. But while Mumbai have been the form team, Royal Challengers Bangalore are sure to finish at the end. A team with Virat Kohli, Chris Gale, AB de Villiers, failing. How is that possible? I don't know. I think that's a big conundrum that everybody can't uh, put their finger on. Uh, AB just, by the way, also has come home early, one game early, so that he can focus on the Champions Trophy coming up. But it is, it's a big conundrum. I mean, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, they've been in the final three times. And those three that you mentioned, absolute colossuses, if there is such a word, of the game. I mean, Chris Gale, AB and Virat Kohli. And they're right at the bottom there. It just shows, though, what, uh, you know, this format of the game, it, it really does sort of shrink uh, the top and the bottom in a way. And... Um, as you say, there's five teams left challenging. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any South African interest, actually, mm. uh, apart from perhaps uh, Imran Tahir with the, uh, with the yes. rising Pune yeah. supergiant. Uh, but, uh, you know, Chris Morris and Kahisa Rabada, they had their moments with the Delhi Daredevils, but they're out of the equation as well. So it's five teams into four, basically. As you mentioned, you've got the Mumbai Indians, the Knight Riders, the Super Giant, yeah. as opposed to the Giants, and the, the Sunrisers, Hyderabad, and the Kings 11 Punjab. So uh, Hashim Amla, two hundreds, and, um, and David Miller. Both got an outside chance, but the Kings 11 got to win their last three games and hope that somebody else slips up. So their fate, not in their own hands, which is the big thing. But as you say, coming towards the business end, and uh, after that, we head, of course, uh, over to England for uh, what's going to be a very interesting tournament. Sure. Actually, wanted to touch base on the RCB, should they start over again. But now, since you've already gone to the protest, thanks, Peter. We'll talk, uh, we'll jump into South Africa. Other than Tahir picking up a, a stack of wickets, uh, Hashim Amla leading the, the scoring charts at one point or the other. South Africans haven't really set the world alight in terms of their performance in the IPL. Should we be concerned? Uh, they've done okay. It's a different format, obviously. T20 uh, at the IPL and then into the uh, 50 overs. I think guys like uh, Rabada and Morris have actually done pretty well. Mm -hmm. And I forget, I mean, the bowlers are just on a hiding to nothing yeah. at the IPL as well. So uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I think actually South Africa got all the bases covered when you look at that ICC. The only problem is they rank number one in the world. So uh, <laughs> that always brings with it its, it's, issue. its issues and the whole choking uh, scenario and that label as well which um, I suppose this is the tournament that uh, if you go back the very first one back in 1998 was in Bangladesh and they actually won that one yeah. so uh, who knows perhaps they can break that duck I mean every time it comes around and it almost becomes tiresome that they go on and on about this choking thing because I don't think you can always say that this, they did choke you know mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I, th I think they've got, they've got some fantastic batting talent. They've got some great bowlers. Don't forget it's early English summer as well, so the English conditions are going to be quite interesting, and it might actually help some of the, the seamers that South Africa have. So uh, I think things are looking good. I don't think we should draw too many conclusions from what's happened in the IPL. And Even with Faf Duplessis yeah, hardly playing a single game? I, I reckon it's going game. to be good. I reckon okay. it's going to be good for them. I reckon sometimes you need a bit of a rest, you know? Okay. Like of Quinton a paid rest. Cock, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just get back, relax. AB, as I say, come home a little week or so earlier from the IPL. 
Uh, you know, the guys play, play so much cricket these days that sometimes you just want to get out there and just sort of reboot the entire system, okay. both mentally and physically, and then get to go from there. Okay, so now, speaking of rebooting the system, let's uh, jump over to England, staying in England after the ICC. Joe, Chelsea are marching towards the title. They have Led Bitter behind. And Clayton, Luis, Fabregas. It's going to be Chelsea. It's the Manu Matic. It's 3-0. The thrill of impending glory. The thud of now certain doom. Whilst Chelsea reach up for the stars, Borough slip beneath the waterline. Middlesbrough relegated for the fourth time in the Premier League era. It has been a one-year visit to the big time for them. Chelsea need three more points to be champions, and they head to the Hawthorns. Costa, Alonso, Matic the scorers. Chelsea's party, Borough's wake. Chelsea three, Middlesbrough nil. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you have to give credit to, uh, you know, Conte. He's really done well, came into the Premier League. A lot of people didn't know what he was going to do, you know, coming from the Italian national team coaching. He made an excellent, you know, uh, a transition into club uh, coaching there at Chelsea. He's done well. Chelsea, you know, the solid squad that they have. Uh, I think if they lose it uh, now, I mean, it's, I don't see that happening. They only need to, to win against West Brom. If you can't beat West Brom, then you don't deserve to be champion. So I think uh, everybody will be uh, looking out for that particular game. It's been an excellent season. But for me personally, I think it would have been even more exciting if you had a city, main city, that we saw this past weekend, if they'd played as well as they did. If you had a Man United, maybe 60% better than they are now, it would have been something else. I mean, your Arsenal, if they'd also come to the party, Leicester City as defending champions also. If you had all these teams at their best, I think we would have had an excellent, excellent Premier League season. But take nothing away from Chelsea. I think they did the business. I feel sorry for Spurs. I would have wanted to see Spurs win the league just to just to quieten the Chelsea fans. Or just <laughs> you sound like a, you know. Last week, you, the last time we spoke, uh, I accused you of being an Arsenal fan, and you refuted that one. So now it sounds like you're staying in the London area. Spurs. Let's just say I'm a football fan. <laughs> <laughs> just staying in England. It's. Um, it's the playoffs in terms of uh, leading up to the richest game in football that they say. EFL championship matches, we've got Huddersfield, we have Reading, Sheffield Wednesday, Fulham on paper, Reading finishing the top of those four teams after the top two in, um, in Newcastle and, uh, and Brighton. Who's going to make? Who's going to take? Yeah, it? look, I mean, it's a, they don't call it the two hundred million pound game for nothing. It's a, it is one of the the richest uh, games in the world, and I think uh, whoever makes it through, I think you you have to draw lessons from you know your medals, bro, your house to say how well did they do in the Premier League, having made it through. Uh, the playoffs, look at uh, Middlesbrough, just got relegated after the Chelsea game. Hull City are struggling. And I, I'm sure Peter, you know, off the record now, he was just saying, you know, Leeds have been there and thereabout, you know, throughout. And then they just go losing it. Exactly. Then they go losing it at the end. But I think, I think for me, I, I would like to see uh, Fulham. Fulham played in the Premier League before. I'd like to see also, you know, Reading, they've also been there. Sheffield United, for me, Sheffield Wednesday, for me, whoever makes it through, I think they need to make sure that they buy 
wisely. You don't just buy. I mean, uh, buy the players that will make sure that you stay in, in Premier League contention throughout the season. I'll tell you what the momentum is with Sheffield Wednesday and Fulham because they've been sort of plotting their, the, the pace of their running and they've been brilliant actually, both of them. Reading, Leeds and Huddersfield all been sort of faltering at the final hurdle and Reading just uh, getting over the line as were Huddersfield. So I wouldn't be surprised, even though they finished fourth and sixth, I wouldn't be surprised if Wednesday or Fulham are the ones that actually win that prize. Yeah, yeah but, but, but give, it to, give it to Leeds also. I mean, I think uh, from the previous seasons, uh, from the way they've been playing, I think this season, obviously they showed, you know, the potential is there. I think next season moving forward, maybe even automatic promotion, who knows? There's no Newcastle. <laughs> I've heard it too many times, Joe, I'm afraid. It's the same old story with Leeds United. It's, uh, it's a very difficult team to support. There's very few uh, rewards here, that is for sure. They were in the playoffs the entire season up until the last two weeks when it really mattered. So uh, it was just one of those scenarios once again. Well, we sympathize with you, Peter. Thank you. Chelsea looking to win it on Friday. Supersport 3, that's the place to be. Coming back to South Africa, let's, let's listen how the things stand at the moment. It took just one goal. But those three points are assured and Cadillacs and his side maintain their gap on Mami Lodi Sundowns. It matters to him. Yes, they want to improve on last season, but the championship matters to Gavin Hunt. Of that you can be sure. Well, it wasn't pretty to watch, certainly, but um, it's not about pretty. We've got three games left. We'll keep going. Joe, that was uh, Gavin Hunt telling us about not winning pretty, but winning ugly, getting the job done. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to remember how you played uh, five, ten years down the line. All they will see is that you were champions in 2016, 2017. And I think uh, Vets are well poised uh, to win the championship this time around. Well deserved, I think. Look at the, the way uh, Hunt has put together the squad to Dentley. He's got a little bit of oldies there. You know, Monib Josephs, the experience is there in the squad, but they're doing the job. And for him... The experience that he's had winning uh, three titles back-to-back with Supersport United, that I can tell you, he's not going to lose it at, at, at the end. So Vets are well poised to win this championship. Yes, Sundowns will push them. It would have been nice to see who wins it on the last day of the season, but it's hardly ever, it hardly ever happens these days because, I mean, last season also, Sundowns are like 10, 15 points ahead of everybody. It doesn't make, make it exciting, but if it's down to the last game of the season, that's what people want to see. Now, so if it does, so just to jump yeah. in there, but I mean, if it does come down to the last game of the season, as far as I'm not... Uh, Chiefs are playing Vitz, so that could yeah. be very interesting indeed, particularly if Sundowns yeah. keep them going. I mean, Sundowns have been great because of the fixture backlog, and they've actually they've hung on to the coattails of Vitz all the way through. Exactly. You know, as Pete's on the boys might have some little ace up the old sleeve. I think they might, and you're right to say, I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, Chiefs, Vets at uh, Soccer City, the Calabash. Imagine if it comes down to that. A lot of people will want to go and watch that particular game, see Vets lifting the championship at FNB Stadium. Well, that will be something. Now, while others wait to see Vets lift the championship, there's a team who were double treble winners just a few seasons back. Nothing is going Pirates' way <laughs> at the moment. Hey, you have to mention Pirates. <laughs> Look, uh, unfortunately, Pirates have been rebuilding. Uh, they're fortunate. A lot of people are saying they're not in the relegation battle, but I think they haven't bought really well as far as, as, far as I'm concerned. When you buy, you have That's to That's interesting because other people would have said they did when, uh, when Machine came, in, came into the setup. I mean, yeah. but what's, what's happened? Ever since then, I think the players have just not uh, responded to Shell, Unovret. Uh, you know, things are not going for him. Well He's still struggling. <laughs> <laughs> still struggling to get Good the pronunciation. Team. <laughs> Still struggling to get the team going. But I think, uh, give it to him. He came through, you know, things were a little bit in disarray. He's got the team now. Maybe for him now, the focus is uh, planning for next season. They've got that uh, big uh, exhibition match between them and Chiefs, you know, somewhere in June, the Kalim Black Label Cup. That gives you an idea, or at least the coach is an opportunity to say, how am I going to set 
set up my team moving forward. But for South African football fans, I think always you want to see, you know, a Paris doing well. You want to see a Kaza Chiefs doing well, Super Sports United, Sundowns, you know, uh, so even Bidvest Vets. So you no longer have, you know, one or two, two, two or three teams, but it's up to six teams. You get a fantastic uh, uh, league. Speaking on Super Sport, last football question. Baxter going to Bafana, your comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, only time will tell. You know, if his return to Bafana was uh, good for the team. The only uh, criticism with, with Baxter that a lot of people have, and I also share the same sentiment, is that, you know, youth, he doesn't seem to focus on youth, he focuses on results. Maybe that's what Bafana needs at the moment, because, you know, for a national team to do well, get the, get the experience, he might get the, your Yeye back, your Shaba back into the national team. <laughs> if they win, people will forget, you know, all of that. But moving forward, planning 2020 you need to have youth in the squad we've seen it at Super Sports United he had a lot of young stars most of them played in the under 20 World Cup but he wasn't uh, featuring them so I think that's what's going to be a big stumbling block for him in the national team hmm. so the likes of Nell not playing recently you think that points to possibility him calling on the old guard instead of trusting the youth that has been doing the business in the last while I will put my head on the block and say watch Yeye is going to be back in the squad Shaw is going to be back yeah, in yeah. the squad you know Kune, Kune yes of course he in the, he's a, in the squad but calls. I think uh, he's going to be 80% of his squad is going to be experienced as, as opposed to a uh, youth Hmm. All right, let's take a break. Uh, second half, we're talking about rugby, La Liga, and of course, uh, athletics, IAAF Diamond League action in Shanghai. in two corners time for a man from Finland who's about to become the 107th different winner in Formula One for the first time ever. Valtteri Bottas wins the Grand Prix. It's Bottas who takes it in Russia. Sebastian Vettel comes home in second place and Kimi Raikkonen will complete the podium and it is smiles all around for the man who replaced Nico Rosberg, the world champion, who was parachuted into the Mercedes team and after three races where it didn't all go his way, it has come good today in Sochi. So we're back. Uh, Formula One heads to Spain next at the Spanish Grand Prix. Sebastian Vettel leads by 13 points. Mercedes were the, have been the dominant team of the last few years. Ferrari now back in the running. But can I afford to just sleep on this season and come back, uh, what, five races to go? I don't think so. In fact, it's been one of the more interesting Grand Prix seasons thus far. I mean, only four races in, but the fact that Ferrari seemed to have this resurgence has really helped a lot. I mean, Vettel getting a, a pole position last time out in, in Russia and also the two wins as well, of course. Uh, it really has made things interesting. We head to Spain now, as you say, and that was, of course, last year, the big crash between Hamilton yeah. and Rosberg on the first lap there, and that enabled the young pup to come through, old uh, Max Verstappen, mm. in his debut for uh, for Red Bull. Remember, he'd gone from the sort of the, the nursery team from Toro Rosso. He switched seats with Daniel Caveat, yeah. and, and his very first race mm. for Red Bull uh, ended in a victory for him. So uh, he goes there. Uh, back to the circuit de Catalunya with great memories indeed. But uh, Hamilton, he must be starting to worry a little bit now because he was pretty off the pace in, in Sochi last time around. Because his car was overheating. The car was yeah, yeah. overheating. There's a couple of issues that the guys haven't managed to iron out there. And I was just having a look at uh, one of the news reports earlier on today and they're saying they're not 100% sure what the issue was. So that might be at the back of their minds as well. 
But uh, a great victory, of course, uh, for, uh, for his teammate, uh, Valtteri Bottas, uh, getting his first uh, ever victory. And of course, a lot of people spoke last year about the rivalry between Rosberg and Hamilton and how there's no driver's yeah. orders and they're yeah. going to be racing. Well, looks like this year it's going to be a similar scenario as mm. well. So uh, stand by for some, some action. There's been more action in the first four races of this season than there yeah, was been in, 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 entire, a long uh, in entire duration of the, of the calendar last year, I reckon. So uh, no, do not. Set your alarm, in fact. Okay. Make sure that you are watching on, on Sunday. This Sunday on, on your World of Champions, staying in Spain. Joe, one more soccer thing. La Liga. Real Madrid have a game in hand over Barcelona. Barcelona currently lead the standings on goal difference alone. Real Madrid have a match against Sevilla this weekend. I think this is where they lose it. Well, you, you say uh, Barca lead on, on goal difference, but also remember the head-to-head. -head, uh, that's, that's what counts in Spain. Obviously, they had one over Real Madrid. But for me, I, I think Real Madrid should lift the championship. Okay. You know, that one game in hand, they play Sevilla. And then after that, they play a Celta Vigo. Celta Vigo will be coming back from Old Trafford in the uh, Europa League. They'll be looking kind forward of, to the final of the Europa League. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. You know, that's a Europa League final is very important for United yeah. because then it means United gets to play <laughs> in, the the in the Champions League. So, yes, yeah, I think that, that one game in hand basically decides what uh, Real Madrid will do. They finish away from home to Malaga. Uh, if you look at uh, Barcelona, I, I think the last two games, Las Palmas and Aiba, they will win those uh, games. I mean, those two teams, they've got nothing... Uh, to, to play for, maybe an opportunity for uh, MSN to crank up even more goals, finish the season with uh, 120 or so, whatever they've scored uh, between the, the three of them. So I think it's up to Real Madrid whether they want to win this or not. And again, they are in the Champions League, uh, you know, uh, Barcelona out of the Champions League. So, you know, that those, those rivalries, they want to make sure that they finish with two titles better than Barcelona. Sure. Now, skipping over to Paris, staying in Europe, Johan, Two legs of the of the HSBC Sevens World Series remaining. The Blitzbox lead currently, what, 157 points, Fiji 132, England 130. So those, those are the only two teams that can catch them. But are the Blitzbox choking? I mean, technically, they can afford to not pick up points in Paris, but then they need to go win in London or at least finish second. I'm, I'm concerned. No, there's no reason to be concerned. Firstly, no, they're not choking. Uh, I think all teams that have great starts in the past uh, to seven series, uh, mm. all of them, you didn't, the performances will drop off. You, you get injuries. We got quite a few of them. We lost quite a few players to, to Super Rugby as well. Um, yet we still somehow perform. We, uh, we expected nothing of them in the previous two legs, and, and they gave us the points. They're currently 25 points ahead. Um, and yeah, I think two quarterfinals should be enough uh, from the next two legs. Now, if you look at this week, we play, we share a group of Japan and Scotland mm. and, and Canada. We certainly who did win the last one. Although you, you know, you only have to you can lose to one of them and yeah. it's still fine, it's still go through, and we still get the same points for a quarterfinal. Um, and, and that's just the minimum standard. We should be able to do that without raising a sweat. And then um, we got guys like Roscoe Speckman back. He's back. Yeah. yeah. So team. Team doesn't look that inexperienced anymore, so maybe we can expect a bit more. So there's no no one's going to do a May Day calling the Lions and the Stormers to bring back uh, old Okwaka uh, Smith and Seabelo Sinatla? No, although Sinatla is just a waste, isn't he, at the moment? <laughs> he should be in the blitz box. If, you, if you're going to take him out of out of that environment where he's succeeding and making such a big name for himself and then not use him, that's, that's almost sinful. Kwaka's um, doing well, uh, and, and yes, they miss him. Um, so, yeah... I think they could have done with them, but mm. I also think in terms of overall series victory, I still think that's on and, and without much much of an effort required. So you're not worrying? 
not at all. Um, no, look at what what Fiji did, and New Zealand did. You know mm-hmm. the rivals. Um, all of them lost out in the quarterfinals last time as well. In- England. So did we. So did we, but England also didn't make it. Mm. Almost didn't make yeah. it. Just a, little, <laughs> a very controversial penalty, well into extra time that gave him that victory. Um, so they they shouldn't have made it either. Everybody's struggling. No one's looking particularly strong. I think we've got what this one in the bag. Sure. Now speaking of teams that don't have it in the bag, I don't want to talk about the Stormers because you, you and I are tired of arguing about the Stormers now. The Bulls. Yes. Uh, what, what do you want me to say? About that? <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Almost impossible to do that. Uh, biggest hiding in the proud history at Loftus ever. Um, they were just absolutely nowhere in that game. Um, not only on the field, but, but off it as well. Um, the most disappointing aspect of it was uh, the, the post-match press conferences where the Crusaders coach just laid it down. We were fitter than them, we played quicker than them. And Nolas yeah. and, and, and Marif, the Bulls, all he could say is we weren't physical enough. You know, it's, it's, that, it's still stuck in that mindset that if they were to dominate the physical collision, they would have won the match. No, they wouldn't have. Isn't the, that the issue with the Bulls? I mean, that, and it's always been the stereotype of the Bulls over the last... Yet Whenever, they don't, they don't want to years. break out of it. They, no. they just refuse to break out of it. They, they refuse to see the reality. Let, let's, let's entertain these thoughts for a moment. Let's say they were able... What he doesn't realise, they play so deep, 10 metres behind the advantage line, that even if they were to dominate in contact, mm. they would still... They still five, the collision happens five metres from where they should be. And then on the fence, they're so passive. They, they just never go up in line to stop the guys behind the line. So, you know, they make it very tough on themselves mm. to, to dominate the game line as they want. Um, and even if they did that, the Crusaders just ran around them or kicked it over them. So, you know, if you were to dominate collisions when somebody kicked it over your head, you know, that's illegal. Isn't there a sense of passivity in terms of, like, sometimes the, you feel like the balls go into certain fixtures... We've got a historical advantage over these teams playing on home ground, and they, there's an expectation that the Bulls will walk it or at least sneak it. No, I, I don't think they, in this particular case there mm. was any of that. Um, they knew exactly how tough it would be. Mm. Um, it's just they, they're not good enough. They're so underprepared. They just had, you could see the players on that field they had no idea what's, what's happening to them. It's only later on when, when experienced players like Jan Saffentan and those guys came on that, that the Bulls actually started responding to what, what was in front of them. The first 60 minutes was just carnage. Mm. And the Stormers had actually opened the door to you guys as well because, I mean, the Stormers' disastrous string of results meant that you actually, if you, if you, if you put a, a run together, you could be challenging for that qualifying spot. And the Bulls have, have a game in hand on the Stormers. Um, so, yeah, no, they should, have, they should have made it a far, far more competitive group than it is. Um, but, no, that, that, that chance is gone now. It's gone. Yeah. Okay. Now, game of the, game of the week for you. In terms of quality, it's got to be Crusaders Hurricanes. It's, I mean, that is just uh, the most delicious of New Zealand derbies. <laughs> um, both, both teams in terrific form. Both of them very attack-minded, so that, that should be very good. But there are a couple of interesting ones from a South African point of view. Um, our two teams on tour currently, the, the Cheetahs are away. They're playing the Blues, which... Yeah, no, it could be painful. Could be painful as well. <laughs> Although, having said that, against the Islanders, they scored some delightful tries. Uh, they lost that game. Maybe they should just play first halves. <laughs> yeah, maybe they okay. should just <laughs> change, change the laws and make it 60 minutes yeah. a game and they win a lot more. Um, yeah, that, that could get ugly, but it could be entertaining as well. Let's, let's keep our hopes up for that. Lion Lions are still away. They're playing the Brumbies, which could be a very interesting fixture. Uh, you, you slightly have to favour the Lions mm. uh, in terms of form, but to beat the Brumbies in Canberra is always a challenge. Uh, so that could be a good one. But if they do win that one, that could open the door to the Lions finishing top of the entire 
and the entire thing. Um, de- definitely, especially since they don't have to go to Buenos Aires again. So. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I mean, the, the Crusaders, they, they, they've got to play all the New Zealand teams. So they, there's, there's going to be points dropped all over the show. So the way it's looking for the Lions is very promising indeed. I'd just like to mention it is, that, it, uh, Mr. Bulls fan. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely uh, open, you know, open for top of the log. And, and, you know, they know exactly how important that is after last year. Um, you just have to slightly worry them having not played any New Zealand teams and then having to face them. Fortunately, it'll be at altitude, yeah, uh, if that happens. Uh, you're right. Um, I, I favour them to win in Canberra. Yeah. I, I think it'll require quite, quite a bit of work, but they, they can do it. Um, and then I think you know, the fixture of the Bulls and the Highlanders, that's, you know, every, every week you say you play for pride, but that one is to restore pride, really. Hmm. You know, there's, that's a broken union. The fans are so negative. Uh, the coach is fighting for his life. It, it's a desperate, desperate situation. And uh, the Islanders showed that they can be vulnerable last week. Uh, the Bulls, if only can, they can fight some bit of confidence, some, some bit of fight back, maybe they have a chance. Uh, but they need it. They really, really need hmm. a good performance here. Speaking of confidence, uh, I'm going to switch over to the to track side. Last weekend, uh, IAAF Diamond Series, Diamond League in Doha, South Africa impresses, Kasta Semenya taking first spot, Akali Simbini beating a Starfield, beating Justin Gatlin, Degrassi getting past Asafa Powell. This weekend, Shanghai, we've got jumpers on the, on the, on the, in terms of looking out who's, who's there. We've got silver medalists from, from Rio, Luvuyo Manyonga, we've got, we've got Hotsa Mokwena, is it? Hotsa Mokwena, yeah. And we've got, uh, we've also got LJ Fanzel. We also have another jumper. Peter, you remember his Rushwell name? Rushwell Samai is, is there as well. We've got three jumpers in the long jump. And uh, I suppose all eyes are going to be on, on uh, the big gold-silver duel from last year where mm. it was Jeff Henderson of the USA who managed to just out... Uh, outdo our boy um, and it was in the last jump wasn't it as well by, it was a centimetre I mean one of the great sporting stories of, of a long time uh, up there with Leicester City in 2016 <laughs> was Luva Manyonga now he came back from the brink and his issues with, uh, with substance abuse and that kind of stuff but what a fantastic story and if he can go from strength to strength who knows I mean, next Olympics uh, it, could what, be, what, it could be his turn what obvious what, what, what good for me is uh, mm. that SA Champions came in yeah. made one jump took the SA record African record as well hey? African yeah. SA record put on his track shoot and walked out <laughs> <laughs> that is that type of form that type so of doing. arrogant form yeah. that yeah. athletes need he's got it so he's, he's right there where you need him um, he could do it again in the, in the Champions in the Diamond League he might have to do three jumps who knows what records we'll see now is this a, a confluence of of luck, or is it really a lot of work done by Athletic South Africa in terms of breeding these athletes at this time? Because all of a sudden, it seems like South Africa is the hotbed of athletics talent in, in the world. It's unbelievable, and, and, and sprinting as well, which hasn't really been our strong suit mm. uh, over the last uh, whenever. Uh, suddenly, you've got three sprinters who are, you know, they're breaking the 10-second barrier, they're competing internationally. Uh, and Sambini, as you say, beat a star-studded field last mm-hmm. time around. So a really fantastic effort there. Maybe it is just one of those, you know, good generation who sort of push each other to, to greater heights kind of thing. I think that might have something to do with it as well. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, Athletic South Africa needs to look after these guys as well and make sure that they give them the correct exposure. Of course, uh, the, the thing that you mentioned, the, the uh, S Athletics champs, uh, and of course, the disappointing thing there was that it wasn't shown live anywhere. Oh, so guys didn't actually get an opportunity to watch that kind of stuff, which is a, a huge pity indeed. So uh, I think if they need to, they, they possibly need to look at that and make make sure that it gets onto a platform which can really benefit athletics in the long term from a broadcast point of view. Uh, because as you say, we're bulging with talent at the moment and we need to give these guys uh, as much backing as possible. Yeah, so just, just something else I also wanted to add there, Peter, in terms of also, you know, this uh, performance, yes, uh, ASA doing well, but give it also to the guys, the backroom staff also doing mm -hmm. quite well. I mean, you look at the HPCA, we've got some of the most uh, excellent facilities. So if we use those, yeah. you know, 50% of that, how many athletes will we have? I mean, you people know, come from across the world to train at altitude exactly, to yes. use our facilities. Yeah, exactly. They, they use our State of the art, as you mentioned. Exactly. Yeah, fantastic. So, World of Champions this Saturday. One last, one last bit. David Rudisha, first run, first run of the year, Olympic champion, double defending Olympic champion. Your yeah. thoughts? I just, I mean, he's just, he's such a pedigreed uh, athlete. That guy. I mean, he's just fantastic to watch. Just when he sort of strides out that last two hundred meters, poetry in motion. Uh, as you say, he's done it in London. He's done it in Rio, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to do it in Shanghai as well. Uh, really, one of the great sights of World Athletics, David Odisha, the man from Kenya. Sure. Now, uh, that's how we ended, ladies and gentlemen. For you on the other side, look out for us next week on the pitch, on the sidelines, and on the clock. <laughs>